Hello, I'm Scott. And this is Seth. And we are track fucking. But wait, I'm not Scott. And I'm not Seth. <laughs> and we got more than just two people in this chat. <laughs> we got Pete Lindbergh, um, Pete Lindbergh's friend, I don't remember her name, but she's super cool. Sandra, Cassandra? Nope. Cassandra, your name? Because I forgot, because I'm brain fried. I'm Emmett. You're Emmett? Introduce yourself, Emmett. My name's Emmett Hodder, and uh, yeah, we're going track walk. And we also got Justin Okamoto, and I'm tired, and it was a hot day. Yeah, so we're don't coming. Forget, don't forget, we got one more. Oh, my God. How do we forget Herman? Herman, what's up, buddy? Say hi. Bark, bark. What <laughs> <laughs> about Herman? Herman doesn't actually bark. He doesn't. Just stares you at really you. Really gotta be excited or see the Amazon delivery guy. <laughs> <laughs> so is this uh, this the typical entry to turn one here down the right side? Yeah. So actually, we're at Lime Rock Park, and our friends Scott and Becky and Seth weren't be able to make it for certain reasons. So we decided that we we're gonna do kind of a, a podcast in their honor, and. Uh, I have my own podcast that I don't post on anymore, Drivers at Large. Justin, what's your podcast? Trackside Stories. And um, we kind of decided, well, we're just going to do a podcast and just have some fun, talk about the track. And <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> there it goes, the bar. Well, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't Herman. <laughs> it wasn't Herman, was friend no. saying hi. <laughs> um, we're at Lime Rock Park, and it's just an amazing track. We're here at uh, Grid Life's, what is it, Grand Circuit? Circuit Legends? Circuit Legends. Circuit Legends. Circuit Legends. Circuit Legends. And uh, Matt, what an event. Do you guys have fun? Oh, that yes. Absolutely. absolutely. Blast. So we're on day two, and it has been a wild ride for the last two days, but I think a lot of us would love to come back next year, right? I would agree. Okay. I agree. I think like 99%. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'll make it 100%. What was your guys' uh, favorite, favorite part of this track this, uh, this weekend? The uphill. It wasn't initially... But after doing the uphill the first time and not throwing up in my helmet because I wasn't expecting it to quite be so violent on my internal organs, uh, finally mastering it, I would say, best part of the weekend. I enjoyed the downhill because it was kind of like the Laguna Seca corkscrew, except instead of your guts being twisted and turned downhill, it was just they threw all your guts to the bottom of your stomach and then you kept going. And I, I love that feeling. I would do that all the time. It's like a baby turned 12 of Road Atlanta. That's the Except best here, you don't it. think you're gonna die. <laughs> but I think it might actually be worse. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say, even on yeah. eye racing, my my sense of self-preservation kicks in pretty hard there. <laughs> I don't know. It's um, it's a fun track. I really like the uh, last turn here. It's uh, it was scary in a Honda Fit. I, I guess I don't have as much of a. a the, those those prime senses some of the faster drivers have but uh taking a stop here to turn one um th those prime stop. yeah pit stop <laughs> we're uh mid-turn of uh big band yeah we're turn one here and man this like whole track it may be small 
and the comparisons that we're making are like Rotolana and Laguna Sega and the Corkscrew. A lot of our friends, um, or my friends, uh, around the Grid Life pit lane crew were comparing this to like Blackhawk Farm. We call it Blackhawk Farm Plus. Um, so yeah. I don't know. It's um, it's a fun track. I think I everyone to needs to come out. I think everyone needs to come out and at least experience it once. Um, oh, it come out for like an IMSA event, just chill out and enjoy the sights. It's in this really weird part of uh, Connecticut where it's like the very tip of the Appalachian Trail and uh, Appalachian Mountain, excuse me. And the roads getting here are for super fun, but oh, it's yeah. such so a drive. Many downhill, so it's many such downhill drive. roads. That are curvy and twisty, but just to set the record straight, it's like another 200 miles of Appalachian oh, Trail no, no, no. from here. It's oh, is there 200 miles? See, I'm not smart. <laughs> Pete's like, there's 200 more miles of Appalachian Trail from here. So I was kind of right. Like, I'm a Wikipedia article factual right now. <laughs> so, well, so Justin, man, what was what was your weekend uh, consisting of? What did you do this weekend? Did you drive? I uh, dro drove and worked. Uh, my first official time attack run was this weekend so out of hpde and into time attack now and worked false grid or yeah bottom of grid yeah. bottom of grid false grid it has a million different names depending on who you ask false grid uh, i would call it like false grid it's like road america if anyone's been to like road america there's like the long kind of pit lane where people use for like endurance racing but then there's also false grid where you're kind of like in this back like fenced off area and i feel like it made it really easy just kind of gridding up cars this weekend for gltc and time attack and oh, it was super easy just finding drivers like right next to each other and like talking and communicating oh yeah and huge huge shout out to all of the drivers this weekend except brian but that's because he's walking with us <laughs> Uh, no, seriously though, everyone did a phenomenal job. Everyone was very cordial on most of the time on time. Uh, all the GLTC guys were on time, but they also know better. <laughs> yeah, uh, everyone in GLTC is amazing. They just like know their spots. They just show yeah. up and they go boop. You know, they I don't even know. They know exactly yeah. where to go. They knew exactly what spot to be in, when to be there. Which you know, I found interesting asking a lot of the gltc guys is like you know what you know what's the biggest problem with this uh, with this track like you know it seems like everyone's having fun uh there's got to be some type of downside and they said pass it there's not a lot of places to pass it's very yeah, there's narrow not, there's really really not so i was behind when i went out during one of the hpde sessions i was behind jr from fcp euro in his e46 and three and i was in my e36 318 uh, coming up, going through No Name Straight, and about to go in the uphill. He's on a cooldown lap, and I'm on a flyer. Mm -hmm. So he's like tapping his brakes, and I'm like, dude, like move, move. <laughs> yeah, it was. Point uh, me by something. I kind of rode around like in in like two cars, but noticing a lot of the GLTC stuff, like there was not a lot of room for passing unless you're Tom O'Gorman, where you just kind of squeeze through. Squeeze through. I don't know how he does it. Hey, it's Tomo. It's what he does. He's yeah. magical. <laughs> we can't really explain why. It's just what he does. Yeah. That and Trainer 3. That thing is the, probably the best S2000 I've ever seen in my life. That is a dialed car. And if, for those who are listening to this, uh, spoiler alert, you know, weeks later when this releases, he's, he's been on this, like, winning streak where he just keeps winning, like, uh, for all four races. Did it again at Lime Rock Park. So Trainer 3 absolutely dominated. Which, this uh, is, what, 18 wins? Uh, I think For the season. Yeah, I think 18 after uh, race number four. 
It's just nuts. Crazy Buku bananas. So yeah, I mean, Circuit Legends here at Lime Rock Park, I mean, it's going through turn one and turn two, it's like this crazy, like, small track you probably find, probably like more fitting for like an MGB or a midget. Yeah. And the reason for that is this is, this track was built in 1956. And it has like the weirdest kind of setup with rules and regulations due to the community around it. Like, if you've ever been to AMP, AMP is an awesome track, but it's yes. known as like the Tesla racetrack, right? Yep. Because you can't go over what, 95 decibels? 98. It was 98? Yep. I don't remember AMP that well. There were, there <laughs> were people when we were there back in March for the spring special who were, their blow off valves were breaking sound and they were getting black flagged for it. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the turbo cars are like just yep. downshift, right? <laughs> Next to Downshift, black flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, if you were going to get black flagged at all, it was going to happen in turn six. So the story goes three years after the track was open, a lot of the locals were not fond of this track. And they already, when it was being built. Lime it, Rock. Yeah, is. Lime Rock. Yeah, Lime Rock. Um, the locals were not fond of the idea of this track being built. And eventually, three years after it was built, in 1959, it went to the Supreme Court of Connecticut. Um, or the Supreme Court in Connecticut, and they ended up making a ruling where you can't race on Sunday. There's absolutely no racing on Sunday. They have certain quiet hours, like before 9 a.m. and after six. Was it was oh after six too. After, well, I mean we've been going quiet after six. That's just kind of what I assumed was the case. Well, it really depends on uh, how loud the karaoke party is that night. <laughs> <laughs> um, you never know with that. That, yeah. might, that might be louder than the cars. It was fun last night. Yeah, we, we had a really like it a blast. So the karaoke party was 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 lit. The I mean, grid life guys know how to have a good show. We had a karaoke party on uh, in, in like a video game beercade like tent, and we had uh, a lot of the CEOs of Lime Rock and managers and stuff kind of hanging out with us, chatting, and they loved us. They had an absolute blast. But yeah, I heard I heard they had nothing but good things to say. So nonstop. Um, That's a big plus for a track like this. Uh, they even agreed. I, this might bring into a certain topic we can talk talk about, you know, youth in motorsports. It's yeah. it's they they. I was talking to a couple of managers. They both all man managed to say the same thing is that a lot of these older generation guys that are racing SEC like the old SCCA um, and race Lime Rock, you know, as their local racetrack for years. And a lot of these guys that have a lot of shares in it, you know, they're dying off. They're not driving as much anymore for whatever reason. And now, you know, they need a new new generation, a new clientele to start showing up. And it's not just this racetrack, it's all of them. And I don't know why, you know, it's it's really hard to get people my age from a car meet or cars and coffee to yeah. a track day. Do well, you struggle I, with that in South Carolina? Yeah, well, and it, it's kind of funny that we do because we're right in between Carolina Motorsports Park uh, you know, Charlotte Motor Speedway with the Roval, which I've been dying to do. Uh, you've got Road Atlanta, you've got Atlanta Motorsports Park, you've got Roebling Road. Um, there, there's some really great tracks, you know, in and around South Carolina to drive at. But people, at least, you know, where I grew up in Greenville, everyone has this kind of mindset like, oh, you can never get on track. Oh, I'd love to get on a racetrack, but that's something just really rich people do. 
And I thought the same way until I found grid life. Yeah, it's, I, I used to work at one of those tracks. I worked at uh, the rich people tracks, I should specify. I worked at the Autobahn Country Club as a flagger for about a year and on and off. And I, I enjoyed it. It was super fun. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you had so many different toys. And oh, Brian freezes his bar. He's gone. Brian, come back. You're supposed to be Seth in this podcast. <laughs> Where did you go? <laughs> so, he's just trying to get his steps in for the day. He's excited because he, he got Spirit of the Award or Spirit of the. Did, did you get Spirit yeah. of the Award? Yeah, he got Spirit of the Award. Yeah, for the man, that's awesome. We'll talk about that in a minute. But like. Getting people on track, it's hard. And I worked at Audubon Country Club, and you have this stigma that all rich people, you know, are into racing, and it's not, you know, something the cheap, the fellow pool man could get into. You know what I mean? It seems like an expensive hobby. And it can be. Or you can be like Mr. DeFries here, driving your Civic all over the place, and then eventually get a Tahoe. Duh-ho. The, to- the Toho. It's Toho? The Toho. Hey, Toho. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, it's good. Speaking of, like, driving. Spirit of the Ward. Spirit, Spirit of the event. Spirit of the event weekend thing. Spirit of the weekend. Spirit yeah. of the weekend. It's the award Scott keeps winning. Yes. <laughs> Scott <award>. Robertson. <laughs> I feel like I did not win it for the weekend. I feel like that should go to other people who helped me, like this guy Emmett right here, and uh, Matt Corrance who donated his uh, throttle body, and James Morgan, um, and Adam, and... Uh, uh, oh my god, I'm blanking on his name right now. He's got a sweet mullet though. And Sam Dolan? Nope. Other nope. mullet. In uh, Sunday Cup. I don't know anyone else with the mullet. <laughs> uh dang it. Dan Malloy. Dan Malloy. Dan Malloy. Okay. Those guys, the three of those guys, jumped in and threw Matt Corrence's ninth gen throttle body and modified it and put it in my car right before qualifying so that I could go and run a qualifying session and then run the rest of the weekend. Yeah. So, so really that's the that's the spirit of, of, of those guys who are that's the, the weekend. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I helped this guy out a little bit. Yeah and he helped me. Helped me I rebuild did donate, my splitter rods. Donate a couple mm-hmm. uh, a jump starter to Robert Thorne but I really didn't I didn't do much other than just get here but those guys really helped me actually compete this weekend i was coming in and just hoping i could run a lap and i got the whole weekend so i'm pretty happy so who figured out that you could take a ninth gen civic throttle body and slap some duct tape on it and it would bolt right in and function on an eighth gen uh i don't think any of us actually knew that was gonna work but mac was nice enough to be like because i posted in the chat i was like i need throttle body he's like i'm a ninth gen I might have, uh, you know, an extra throttle body, but the thing was, this throttle body that I used failed on him. And he's like, I have this throttle body, I fixed it, I never tested it. And we're like, soul. <laughs> so yeah, we, I think as they were like throwing it on, trying to get me out to qualifying, there was a, a black flag, everyone came in, they had a little extra time to see what the differences were. and. They just saw that the only big difference was that there was a huge gap that needed to be filled. And so single sheet of duct tape uh, made the modification work. So maybe this is something we should post at the 8th night gen uh, road racing uh, civic forum so that anyone in this situation in the future is aware, but you can put a 9th gen throttle body on an 8th gen civic. With a little duct tape. With a little duct tape. Two 
works better than one. One broke, we double protected it and worked all day today, so. How was most of the racing? You're, you're, so you have the account, uh, sorry, the first count of like driving GLTC here, Lime Rock with everybody for the first time. What was it like? I did mention before, you know, passing, I heard passing was really tough. Yeah, it was, compared to other tracks, it was really, really hard to pass. It was super intense. I really wanted to take my time and warm up because this is similar to Watkins Glen where the walls are right next to the track. So I really wanted to take my time and warm up, but people took practice like it was, you know, a race and I was like, I better get up to speed and fast and you know, there's there's the front straight, but there's really no rest here. It's like you gotta go, go, go. And it was difficult. It was probably I was coming off NJMP where I had a really good weekend. This was I was so humbled by this track. Super, super humbled by how difficult this track was and how difficult it was to race here. What about you, Justin? You did time attack. You know, what do you think about the tracks? Is it humbling? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things for me that I struggled with at first was I would finish a turn and I kind of like to make mental notes in my head when I come out of a turn. Like, okay, do this, do this, you know, turn here, exit here, make sure you're, you know, easy on the throttle, whatever. Here, by the time you start to try and think about what you just did, you have to prepare for the next turn because you come up on the turns really, really fast. Once you get moving, you are going. Yeah, yep. you know, even being in a fit, sitting passenger, it really felt like, if I'm in something at 200 horsepower, you have to be pretty quick and making sure that you're planning out your moves ahead of time. And you're not being stupid because there is really no room for error. I don't know what corner we're at right now. We're in no names straight. Right well, now. there are no corners here, or they don't have numbers. They all have names. They all have names. What, so we went through the left-hander, into the right-hander, which is what we just came out of. And now we are in no-name straight, which is not really a straight. It's kind of like a slight curve. I, I appreciate that, that most tracks, I don't know if it's a thing, it's like the more corners you have, like you gotta name it even if it's not really a corner. They're like, no, this has a kink in it. We're not adding an extra two numbers, but we don't even have numbers. They're like, this is a straightaway, which I think is kind of cool. Cause yeah. you know, when you're new to a track and you're trying to like have a conversation with someone, like. What number? Three, four, five, seven, like seventeen. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's like God dang like, it. Like trying to keep up with like Circuit of the Americas turns. Exactly. I'm like yep. I'm so lost. Yep. I'm, nope. Nope. Exactly. The so one, I, the one that you don't fly through at a Formula One car speed. Yeah, that one. <laughs> that one. I really appreciate how they're like we're gonna reduce the numbers and we are going to just name these things. I really appreciate that. that's how how it's how they roll here. Oh, absolutely. So this is no name straight, huh? Yep, no name straight. We are coming up. It just doesn't seem like there's a lot of room for error. What's this corner that's coming up? We're coming up on the uphill. The uphill. Oh man, the uphill. Great, uphill. great conversation transition right there. Oh yes. So the uphill makes this track so much more fun and petrifying at the same time. Yes. I feel like it's that it's the corner that puts you closer to death, so you makes you feel more alive. And because you're driving a race car, it's like doing doing like every type of hard drug manageable all, all at the same time if you're not careful <laughs> um <laughs> i don't have first-hand experience let me just note but going up the uphill there's a corner station to your direct left yep and i feel 
if I was that corner worker, I'd be scared every day to go to work <laughs> because it literally looks like if you mess up or your rear end just decides to kick out a little laughter, maybe you just control arm snaps and you go left, you're going directly into the in the corner station. Like he is literally right there. Like there, there is the wall, probably three feet of space, and the actual corner station box is three feet behind that wall. It's pretty. You guys, get any air? I, I I didn't get I didn't experience any air. But the uphill is it for like IMSA and stuff. There's always footage of people like getting just enough getting air, airborne. getting yeah. airborne. Did you guys get airborne today in like time attack? I don't think I did, GLTC? but I definitely got light and got you squirrely. Get light and it's like your car is lying to you for seconds. Like you're going 110, sweet. Oh no, you're actually going 89, sorry. <laughs> what so. was funny was, I, so I came up that last session I did, came up, got up there, felt my, my driver rear tire touch the pavement and it kind of squirt, like kicked out a little bit and Rob Wilkinson's just looking, and we came back around. I was like, hey, did you see me nearly eat the wall? <laughs> He's like, yep, but you saved it. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah, particular. so my campsite was just right at the crest there, and particularly the front-wheel drive cars in Time Attack, you, you heard them gain, you know, 1,000 RPM or something the second they crested that. And uh, there was one particular Evo running with no arrow at all, and they, in particular, you could tell they they were getting very, very light over that. <laughs> so, as we're approaching the uphill, I actually did not notice this when I was riding along, and I didn't notice it on the live stream. We have to our left the uphill that we went up, and to the right, it is basically a right-hander to a left-hander back to a right-hander up a hill. That is the MotoGP chicane. Okay. So I put that in for the bikes to slow them down. Could you imagine um, driving that, that fit fit through that? <laughs> I, I honestly, I would Man. love to drive anything through it, but I'd also be kind of scared to do it because if you look at the top, it's blind, just like the uphill, the regular uphill. So you go through this chicane and then it's blind. And I guess we'll see when we get over the top. I didn't have a chance, to, you know, like you said, you know, you didn't even notice it. Like I knew it was there, but thinking back through when I was on track, I wasn't even paying attention to it. And I was too focused on making sure I made it up the normal uphill. Yeah, that's yep. the point though. Like you kind of want to focus on where you're going, right? Yep. Yeah. I was I... too busy looking at the, the guard station, like, please don't hit him. Yeah, don't hit I him, had Justin, <laughs> don't mess up that bad. I'm riding passenger, I had the same problem. I haven't, I've, I haven't ridden shotgun in so long. I'm sitting there looking around like something. Just, a, it's a beautiful track. Like you're surrounded by these beautiful mountains. These tall mountains are, Maybe hills. We've had that debate this weekend. Are they hills? Are they are they, are, are they mountains? According according to what I was told a long time ago, um, who told me that? Sorry, there's another conversation happening. I was trying not to eavesdrop, but eavesdrop at the same time. But anyway, supposedly the Appalachian Mountains, Blue Ridge Mountains, Smoky Mountains, that entire range, the Appalachian Mountains are the oldest mountains in the world. And supposedly, they are older than fish. Like, in existence. They're like 480 million years, and fish are like 430 million years or something like that. You weren't joking about your Wikipedia knowledge. No, no, that was him. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, my wife just calls me a walking memory bank. Impressive. So I hear something from somebody, and I'm like, oh, dang, it's going to be stored there forever. 
problem I have <laughs> looking at all of this when you're riding passenger is you get sick. You know, I'm basically having to like recondition myself. Like, look where you're going. And all at the same time, you're going on the uphill, you're going on the downhill. And we are literally doing the uphill right now. I can feel it in my calves. Yeah, me too. Feel it in your calves. <laughs> Which I'd be fine normally, but after working false grid the majority of the day, I'm feeling it. Been on my feet all day. Are you feeling it now, Justin? Oh, sorry, I didn't say it right. SpongeBob quote. Are you feeling it now, Justin? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty steep as I'm starting to struggle to breathe. So I'm out of shape. And no, round does not count as a shape in this in this context. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty steep hill. Catch air, uh, you catch some air if you're going fast enough. And then immediately start going to this another straightaway, another no-name straight. So for those who drove it today, what is it like having this, you know, shoulder, if you will, on track out that then disappears about, what, 60, 80 feet after the crest? It, honestly, it's nice to have because when you, if you're carrying enough speed, it kind of, you know, the car gets light and it kind of throws you onto this little side piece of pavement. Yeah. But it, you still have enough time to get back on. Just according to that that's, patch of dirt right I there. On. Well, I, I never yeah. really looked at the wall. I was just looking, okay, pavement runs out right there. Get your butt back onto the course. And that's definitely a rush. Yeah. Hmm. Drive-wise, I mean, okay. Everyone has heard about Lime Rock Park. But then when they Google Lime Rock Park, they have to go drive pretty far. I had to drive 16 hours to get here, and it was worth every hour with the uh, my, my co-pilots. How far did you have to drive, Justin? It was like 15 and a half from South Carolina. 15 and a half? Yep. And I Mr. DeFries, I, I have to ask, how far did you drive from Austin? Well, I kind of cheated on this one. I went to NJMP about a month ago, and I crashed in Syracuse for a month. So I only drove three and a half hours, four hours here. Jerk. But Jerk. <laughs> I think I have like a 30 plus hour ride home when I finally uh, decide to depart the track here. It's like if I drove here, decide, you know, I want to drive back home now. <laughs> yep. Can, can so that'll be fun. Snap our fingers and be home. Is, is that can we just make this our home? Can you drive me home, please? Just I'm tired. I don't, I don't know, like, install a clapper, but for time, you know, for teleportation, you just, you're back home. Yeah. Well, with all of your stuff. I'll take that. I would, I would rather have the clapper, but for car part repair. Oh, Oh, yeah. God. I'm pretty sure the seat Gotta salt my head. Ruby slippers. The ruby slippers from, <laughs> from the Wizard of Oz. Well, yeah. uh, There's no place like home. There's no place <laughs> like home. <laughs> In Scott's case, it'd be the K, you know the K series. There's no there's no engine like the K series. There's no engine like the K series. <laughs> so, um, hmm. I'm giving I'm getting I'm getting some brain farts here. Uh, what else do you guys like about the event? There's there's tons of stuff. The vibes are great. We had amazing yeah. track itself. Yeah. All the people I've been talking to because we had tons of first time grid lifers. Which for those who are listening to the podcast. You've heard Scott and Seth talk about grid life constantly. Scott runs a GLTC. Brian runs a GLTC. Me and Justin apparently run through pit lane. 
No, I, I think something really cool happened this weekend. Um, as I was trying to find track videos to research here, I came across a video that was filmed uh, with Skip Barber back in 2020. And part of like the takeaway from the video was like delivering like the track enthusiasm, the you know sports car, you know excitement to a younger generation. He kind of talked about like, hey, we need young people to carry this sport and this interest on, and like basically like exactly what he described in that video. It was like it was a news station that did. You can find it on YouTube. Exactly what he described about like handing over the amazing things that have happened here at Lime Rock to a newer, younger generation. Like that's exactly what happened here this weekend. And so that's what made we're starting to go back full uh, to a circle because when you disappeared for a little bit, me and Justin were talking about this as a topic and uh. generations getting into race cars. It's a weird challenge, right? Because no one else has really dealt with this, right? It hasn't been a problem. A lot of people my age are focused on the glass slab that's in your pocket in the clout and i noticed that a lot today is like we had a a lot of people in pit lane that were here for uh we had rob dom and his four rotor rx7 and we had ryan turk and his crazy f1 engine swapped supra judd v10 <laughs> makes the most glorious noises i think i've ever heard in my life <laughs> that was beautiful it hurt my ears every single time it went by but i did not care all of them had their cell phones out. Those cars yep. move an inch. Whoop! Yep. Phones out. And I, I kept asking, you know, you guys liking the event? Usually what I do, right? So yeah. with Grid Life, I, I care about hospitality and how everyone, if everyone's having a good time and, you know, whatever it may be, right? What can we improve on? And everyone was having a blast. But the question was, like, you know, is this uh, first time at Grid Life? First time at Lime Rock Park? And I was getting first time at a track. Oh, wow. Whoa. First time at wow. anything. First, I've never seen drifting before. Can I get a ride along? I was, I had a guy yes, today. Yes, I had a guy today. I thought he was with FCP Euro, which is uh, one of Grid Life's partners. And I found out he's an IT guy here at uh, Lime Rock Park, and he wanted a ride along. He goes, yeah, man, I don't have pants. I go, okay. Well, I don't have pants. I got you. What are you talking about? Okay. So I run up to my van, give him a pair of pants, I bump into him, and I hand him to him. And he's like, What? He goes, well, I don't have a helmet. And I go, I got you. Upstairs. We're over the timing square and grab my helmet. What? Really? I'm like, just go out and have fun. Goes out in his first drift car. And he was like, that was the best experience ever. And he hugged me. And I was like, wow. you, you got you to gotta expose people to this hobby. And I'm going to give you my story. When I, when I start working with... Oh, that guy's crossing the track. Uh, for those who need some form of context for that one, uh, to get into Lime Rock Park, there's two ways. You're driving a normal car, you're going to go over a rickety bridge to get to the track. Literally, rickety. Uh, if you're driving an RV in a trailer, because I think it's only limited to 9,000 pounds for these bridges. 10 uh, tons. You have to, 10 anything, tons? Anything over 10 tons, you have to cross the track. Uh, yeah, you're, uh, it's kind of like uh, Black Hawk Farm where you're crossing over through the drawbridge. You, just, you cross over the track. Yep. Um, drawbridge. All the cool old school tracks, Hallett. You know, yeah. So you got to go over the track service, which is really cool when you're first coming into a track. Well, it freaks you out when you're doing a podcast and a massive <laughs> yeah. boss is jumping yes. on track. You're like, yeah. oh Jesus! That's why we were startled. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, he hugged me and he was super excited. And you got to get people into this this hobby. And for me, it started when I worked at Autobahn. I was working, and it was the first time I, I saw Time Attack. I was and I was on South Six on Sunday, and it was like 2017 or 2018. And these guys were driving faster than most of the members at Autobahn driving radicals. 
in 900 horsepower Evos and S2000s and you name it. Jackie Ding specifically, I remember, he had his S2000 supercharged and go into corner five and you start getting really squirrely. And if he goes left and loses control, I'm fucked. He's going into my corner station, he's going to my wall, and I'm scared. <laughs> We've had cars before jump over the wall and take up the corner station. So yeah. when Jackie Dean consistently goes around the corner and his butt's hanging out and you know getting squirrely, it's a little scary. But uh, Jackie Dean is absolutely one of the most exciting time attack drivers to watch. Even because he is always pushing that car, whatever car he's driving, to the edge. It was because of what he was doing. I, I ended up going to my first grid life event and I, I got hooked on the whole track experience, right? And from there on, I started volunteering. I started going to all the grid life events, started learning track etiquette more, started learning about driving and, and as much as I could, right? Yep. And I remember James Morgan, who's been on this podcast before, has handed me his helmet on multiple occasions just to go get ride-alongs because I couldn't afford like an actual $300, $400 helmet. And the... Experience itself is amazing and humbling to the point where today, this weekend, I had the same experience, right? I had so many people that didn't have helmets and didn't have pants. Like, dude, just go out and experience it and just break yourself. <laughs> and maybe in three to four years, you will be in financial debt like the rest of us. <laughs> no. So, like we were talking before, with getting people on on track, it's a challenge. And you have the stigma that it's for old people. And it's, it's for the wealthy, and it's for the rich. And grid life really is pushing the boundaries for that. Now, how would you guys relate in doing the grassroots experience, right? The Freeze, I know you've traveled with your old Civic everywhere. You never stopped. You, you kept taking this out on. You, what an, was it uh, autocross or dirt track event or rally, series? Rally. rally sorry, yep. rally. Rally cross. Yep. In your Civic. Yep. And still rode on the suspension with like 200,000 miles and you're doing GLTC and you're doing all this stuff. You're driving from Austin to South Haven, Michigan. Maybe I just tell everybody your experiences myself because I'm too excited and I don't know how to do a podcast because <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a great one, but it's been a long one. Hey, I'm doing a favor for Scott and Seth. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, Seth and Scott's in their little closets or, you know, wherever they hang out and they're all cushy and they eat popcorn and stuff. And, you know, <laughs> Isn't it Scott here. that's always eating? Scott's the one time. always eating. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's him. So what do you think, uh, what else we could do to get, you know, younger kids in, into the, the track life or just experience it? They don't have to be a part of it. At least try it out. You know, we have um, SCCA night, Track Night in America. That's a good start. You know, they, they do kind of cheap track days. What, what do you guys? That's definitely a good cheap start because they're like, what, 180 190 yeah, bucks really usually affordable. on average? Yeah. I mean, yes, it's during the week. It's, you know, in, usually in the afternoon, evening hours, but... If it's something you just want to get a taste and an understanding of, go do it. Yeah. By all means, go do it. Yeah. Or bring more people to grid life. Yep. I brought my buddy Brandon here this weekend, and he's never been to a track a day in his life, and he absolutely loves it. Yeah, so experience-wise, um, what was your guys' first track track day like, your track event? And what was it like? Was it scary? Were you knees weak, arms are heavy? Bombing on your sweater already? <laughs> uh, right, so, uh, let's see. I'll, I'll share mine. Uh, yeah, so, let's see. So, I'd, I'd had a few years of autocross, and I went to a track event in 2020, uh, onset of COVID. And 
uh, so instructors uh, weren't doing ride-alongs, and uh, but they were still letting novices come to the track. So I went out solo in my clapped-out Miata, and uh, this is at Club Motorsport, which is a pretty big, reasonably fast track, unless you're driving a Miata. Um, and it was very much uh, just go out, uh, be kind to others, and don't screw up. And it was an rules. absolute blast. Uh, I had a heck of a lot of fun. Um, stayed out of people's way, uh, let the Corvettes go on by, and even just with that experience, just kind of going around, surviving, and uh, not messing up, uh, I was totally hooked, and just kept going from there. And I've got, so I've got a buddy here who I brought out for his first Grid Life event. And uh, also an old autocross buddy who started doing HPD a couple of years ago. Um, and I won't share his name because uh, he's involved in a uh, one mark uh, club. And he's got the experience of being at their meetings as a you know 30 year old and being 15, 20 years younger than everyone else there. And he was just blown away at Grid Life with the laid-back atmosphere, paddock vibes, but also the focus on safety and being good to each other. Uh, we spent half an hour or so talking with uh, Renee and Scott last night, and he just thought that their take on how a track event should be run and how this should all go down was just perfect and ideal for, for getting people into the sport. What about you, Justin, first, first track day experience and maybe something you learned from it or maybe something that was scary or intimidating? Well, so through my previous employer, which I have to leave out, those who know, they know. It's, it's something I just can't say on record. Um, I had a fair bit of driving experience through because it was part of our job. Um, nothing, you know, outrageous. We weren't, you know, not setting records. I'm not a Tom O'Gorman by any stretch um, or even close. I'm not a Brian DeFries by any stretch. But Brian. Um, that was where I got my first taste of, of driving vehicles of a particular make that I also happen to drive the same particular make now. Um, but my first track event in my car was at Road Atlanta last year. And long story short, my car was a $400 pilot junk I bought from a guy six years ago now. And I said I wanted to make it into a track car. That was my goal. And it was kind of like, ah, maybe I should sell it. Maybe it's, you know, because it's, it's, it's a $400 car. It, it, was, it had 239,000 miles on it at the time. It was a pile of junk. And then when my mother passed away from cancer and the last great conversation we ever had was in that car. And it was about finishing that car. And now here we are. So from 2017 when she passed away to now in 2022. 
And now the car is on track and has been all over the country and done all kinds of events. But my first event, Road Atlanta, last year with Just Track It. Uh, Nabil puts on a great event, really good people, also big on safety, relatively inexpensive. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing I learned from that event was being humbled by the fact that it doesn't matter how much money you have in your car, whether you've got, you know, a clapped out E36, a Miata, a Civic, or you've got a brand new Camaro that you also dumped 40, 50 grand into, you know, making it make 700 horsepower, full aero, things can still break. Things can still happen. Uh, we had a guy who was in front of me going into turn seven at Road Atlanta. His transmission exploded. And we were all right behind him when it happened. So you just see chunks of metal as big as my hand flying out from underneath the car and you're trying to dodge it and go around. And seven's blind. You can't see anything. So we're just like, oh, I'm going to swing over here to the left to pray to God I don't hit anybody. But... I'd say overall that was the thing is go into every track event, every track you go to, whether it's just a track day event, a GLTC race, a time attack session, whatever it is, be humble, be smart, and be safe. Don't go out there flying like some people did this weekend. That was one of the low points of the weekend, people going off track because they just want to, I don't know, fly off at the rails and think this is like a rallycross event kicking up dirt everywhere it was also kind of hot and dusty i'm not gonna lie i was like so yeah i'd was. walk so if you guys ever been to lime rock or you haven't been to lime rock there's like this crazy like downcline or inclined hill and everyone kind of sits on it and spectates and it's, it's kind of cool looking but i was walking by and it just got hit with like a massive i wasn't paying attention i was looking down at my phone and just got hit with a massive cloud of dust like i was through a kansas city or kansas dust storm you know it was like oof oof was like, dust clouds did rival mid-ohio they were almost as good as driving through dust cloud in mid-Ohio, which is straight up days of thunder. Yeah. It's, it's like that. <laughs> so back to our points. Brian, what was your first track day, your track event? Because you've done one lap and, you know, rally cross and stuff, and now GLTC. What was your first event? He's it, the more experienced one of this bunch. <laughs> well, experienced, but probably not skilled based on the amount of tracks I've driven. I probably should have, like, took in a little more except the sightseeing because that was kind of my thing for a while. But it was Watkins Glen. So this is the first time I've been back north northeast since Watkins Glen. That was the first track I ever did. And side note, for the track walking podcast, this might be one of the only areas we can stand and you might be able to identify exactly where we're standing on track based on the noises you're hearing in the background. We are at the top of Top of the top of the downhill. Is this big after West Turn Six? It's technically Turn Six. It's like between the the second to last turn and the last turn. Yep, it's right before the pedestrian exit we were talking about. Thirty feet away from the bridge. Yeah, so that's that's what you're hearing in the background, which is really cool. But yeah, that was it was Watkins Glen. Was my first track day, and it was super super meaningful to me because I had grown up spectating going to vintage races at Watkins Glen and you know I'd played it on like a NASCAR video game and when I got the opportunity to drive it for the first time 
that's like one of the coolest things you can experience is like actually like a, a place like touching the pavement and like seeing how things are at speed that's one of the, the most amazing things that uh that you can do um but yeah that was my my first time it was my brand new car that i'm still driving today that i did it in yeah. and so i got to experience a place i've been to many many times in a new way and then i got to experience a car and understand how my car that i bought that i bought for street use only was somewhat capable as a track car and we all know what happened from there but it's uh it's pretty pretty amazing to be able to to just be able to go out and lap a track and i think to answer your question from earlier like how do we get more people enthusiastic involved it's get them in the passenger seat it's it's show them like once you do this for the first time like i've been hooked after that like from that first experience which my dad his arc 7 broke and that's why i got to go out and do that he's like hey i already paid for this spot I know you just bought your car. Do you want to go take it out? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> so Don't have to like, tell me twice. Yeah. Let's go. How is that bank turn? What is it? Turn two or three? The it's S's, fairly early. The uphill S's. How is that at that's, Watkins Glen? Because I've done it on a sim rig. And it's wild. Yeah. it. Like imagine the bottoming out feeling you feel here. But you yeah. get to do that and you feel it in your gut. And you get to twist through it on the way up. I guess I was uh, talking so about So your organs are just like spinning in a circle. Yeah, it's like <laughs> if you took the corkscrew and stretched it out, that would be the uh, the S's at Watkins Glen and going uphill. Someone's like setting some hot laps here on their Grom or whatever that little scooter was there. We can, he's going too fast. I can't tell what that is. Seth, if I really was Seth, I would have identified it, but I'm failing at being Seth. I'm sorry. Dual headlights, maybe a ruckus. Oh, it's a ruckus. It's a ruckus. Sorry, I said Grom. Sorry, Seth. Yeah, come on. A Grom's a motorcycle, all right? That was a scooter. You should be ashamed of yourself. He was so fast, I know they could that. Well, I guess if you go, if you're a fairly small person, you can probably make one go fairly quickly. Probably. Hold my beer. <laughs> I'm five foot four, for those who don't know who I am. I'm five foot four, like 160 pounds, so. Um... Man, my first, I haven't really been on track on a driving perspective, and I will not be, I'm not afraid to admit that. I just, last two years has been really rough, but my original plan was, is I, and I'll, 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 I'll say it's also my first lesson. You just bring whatever the, whatever you got, yep. you know? Yeah. Well, I, what was that, that white sedan out this weekend that you look at it, you say, that guy's not going to go on track. What was that? The Lincoln? The Lincoln. Oh, it, it was a Lincoln, Lincoln yeah. Mark 8. Yeah, Mark yeah. 8. Yeah. Yeah. Dude was here and he was ripping and yep. having a blast having in that thing. Time. He uh he's been to a couple of events. I haven't met him yet, but I've watched the modifications progress. He's went from stock plushy your grandfather's shoes plushy seats and a stock steering wheel just aftermarket brakes and pads, right? Yep. And just went out and just had a good time. And now he's got racing seats in it. I think he stripped out the interior. You know, he's he's starting to have fun. Oh, he lowered it too. And it's you don't have to go buku bananas like right off the bat. And what I planned on for my first track experience was I bought a Honda Odyssey. I'm going to drive my Honda Odyssey. So I ended up not having that happen for certain reasons that are personal. Um, but I just wanted to prove a point. You know, you can drive wherever you want on track and learn and become a better driver. There's uh, so many different examples we've had through grid life. But let's say outside of grid life, if you want to go do an SEC track night in America, bring whatever you got. If you want to go do a NASA event, bring whatever you got. Just you don't, don't leak and you're good. Well, don't be that guy. Some decent if you tire. want yeah. to leak, go yeah. do rally cross. 
Yeah. Like that car, yeah. that Lincoln. I love that because in Rallycross, which, you know, autocross, you don't want to leave, you know, in it, but it's like, Rallycross, whatever the heck you had, like, really great. That's why I really enjoyed Rallycross because what he was doing with that car here today on track, which is even cooler, Rallycross is like just bring anything, bring your crap can, bring your. Remember the guy at A. Yeah, we, we swear a lot. I think on this <laughs> okay. podcast, I already dropped the f bomb at least twice. And go see what how much fun you can have in anything. Absolutely. Remember the guy at AMP in the Fusion. Yes. Yeah, he came to NCM too. He had a, yes. two hundred and twenty thousand miles, manual Ford Fusion, and it's his daily driver. And Love he it. was out there ripping. Love it. Having the time of his life. While I sat in Jonathan Wheeler's trailer, it was freezing to death because I got soaked to the bone. I didn't bring any rain gear, so I got drenched. And he like gave me a hoodie. I just sat in his trailer. He's like, "You look so miserable." <laughs> I was like, "I'm not. I'm just cold." No, I know it gets, you know, espoused on the podcast uh, repeatedly, but as long as your car is safe and the wheels aren't going to fall off and you have brakes. Uh, brakes and brake fluid. Brakes and brake fluid. Brakes and brake fluid. It's good to bring on track or autocross or rallycross, and the biggest thing is to just get out there and do it and meet people and it all snowballs from there. Uh, I know it's been talked about time and time again. You don't have to wait for your engine build or your coilovers or any of that. Uh, just get out, do it, meet people, and once you get over that hump, it's, it's all downhill. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. Agree. trust me, don't have credit cards when you start this hobby. Please. <laughs> yeah. And if you do, cut them up. Yeah. <laughs> just call the bank. If if I start buying anything car-related, just call me and yell at me. <laughs> I should offer that as a service, by the way. I think it'd be great. Could you imagine your kid using his credit card? I get to call him and just yell at him. Your dad said no. No, he, no, no G-Lock breaks for you. <laughs> I don't know. PayPal's uh, 0% if you pay it off in six months. That, that treated me well at the start. Okay, and now the famous part of the track. Now there is the uphill. We no. stopped for a little while. Yeah, we did stop for a little while. Talk. We stopped for a little while. Stop and for the ambiance of the bridge. Which, standing next to it, it's like, uh, nothing. Walking under it, uh, nothing. Driving over it, you're like, am I going to fall through? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> my, my grandfather is a bridge enthusiast. And, uh, Wait, you, your grandfather's a bridge enthusiast? Yeah, yeah. That's so he's, he's 95, uh, lives in England, he's English, and England uh, happens to lay claim to, like, the original iron bridge, first bridge made of metal, and uh, he's into railroads. He was also an engineer for GM in England, MG enthusiast, uh, and he loves bridges. And I don't know how he grade this one, but it's still there. I drove over it, uh, some larger vehicles than my little Honda Civic have driven over it, and it didn't fall, so. So the lesson here is just change your brake fluids and your pads, and your car is more uh, sturdy than this bridge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, okay, so the famous part of this course is this downhill. It is like... Um, it's like the last corner in Road Atlanta, where you kind of go down and you yep, just, turn then, 12. Yeah, 
it started going down, started going right, turn 12. And uh, it was nice and sticky. A lot of rubber, a lot of rubber compound in this track right now. You want to be coming down about where me and Brian are. Oh my God. Where's your braking zone? You don't. So you don't brake? Nope. I Never lift? Nope. I, I let off like, I get to like half throttle and then when the car compresses at the bottom, stop on it and just carry it through all the way around. We had a close call. I saw Till, he just was pushing a little too hard in the rear end of his like brand new uh, EG Civic. He was rally crossing like you, Brian. Oh, yeah, yeah, it went full that rally cross. Was, that was, that was wild. plus drift. That was, would, he probably wouldn't do again. I would spectate that again. My heart dropped and my mouth opened and I was just like, no, no. And he saved it. It was beautiful was really and cool terrifying at the same time. We were Very all terrifying. sitting in we were all sitting in pit lane with all the spectators. So uh, we did this uh, top 10 shootout for uh, Circuit Legends. So we had all like 10, 15 different cars that were basically Circuit Legends. We had R33 famous like magazine car. We had Jackie Ding Supra. We had Rob Dom's four rotor. Well, the Civic was there and I was super excited because I, I love this car. I think it's really cool. He ends up taking it on a track and we're all sitting in pit lane with probably like 200 people behind the barrier. And they're looking down the straightaway to watch cars come by. And you can see Eric just does the drift, throws up all the dirt and everyone just goes, oh, and he saves it and everybody starts cheering. It was amazing. It was, it was an initial D moment. Yeah, I, we were heat. standing in false grid and all of us were like, oh no, 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 no. Oh yeah, and then we all cheered after that when he saved it and like drove by. Like everybody started yeah, cheering. Yeah, everybody was right. applauding that. A giant sigh of relief, knowing how hard he's worked on that car. Yeah, I mean, he made it three races through, uh, through the weekend so far, and then chose to go out for this little exhibition event that was a no points thing. And uh, it would have been real sad if he'd binned it before race four. It would have been a big sad. But, big uh, sad. I'm hoping that video comes up because uh, oh, I'd yes. seen uh, his little video getting a little squirrely around here, but uh, I'd I'd like to see that save. Oh, it's on the oh, live stream. Oh, we, we, I went back up to the tower. If you guys want to go check out the live stream, uh, it is there. And yeah, but it was awesome, good save. So, starting to hit the corner in the last uh, straightaway. My yep. park coming out of the bottom of downhill, up on the straightaway. You should definitely not be where we're walking. <laughs> Because if you are, you're going to do what Eric did, except worse. <laughs> yeah, you're on the outside. You're probably going sideways. And uh, you want to be like Bucky, uh, Bucky Lasik? No, Lasik. Excuse me. Lasik. Lasik is for eye surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you're going to be saying something that sounds like Buck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, this is front straightaway, and we're almost done. Yeah, it's... Any ending notes for like the the for the people who need maybe some advice for the first day track day? Because I I always just tell them bring out your car, don't go nuts on modifications. Yeah, don't need power. Work on your driver mod first. Don't yada. take yourself so seriously that you are no longer having fun. Leave the if you're ego not having in the paddocks. fun doing this. You do not need to be doing it. Yeah. You will get burned out. You will get so tired. You won't want to do it. And then next thing you know, you, you just find yourself not wanting to go to events or not wanting to work on your car. It's supposed to be fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, at the end of the day, it's supposed to be fun. If you make this a job and you treat it like a job, it's going to burn you out if you're not careful. Yep. Um, as I was telling someone in pit lane today, it's Nate. Nate from uh, Envious Images. I go, this thing has this crazy quote. And the quote was like, yeah, 
your car doesn't care about your feelings. So you shouldn't really like put all your feelings into it. You know what I mean? I feel if you put all of your emotions into this and you have that expectation, you're gonna be very disappointed. It's gonna break, cars are gonna tear you apart, you know, it's it's gonna drain you. Try to have fun. Look at the look at the Honda fit guys. Heck yeah. The Sunday Cup guys have the most fun, and I don't care what anyone hashtag else has to say about real it. real-time attack car. Yep. Oh, hashtag real-time attack car. I heard someone was supposed to be in the pad, uh, the paddock this weekend, and I didn't. I was trying to find him so I can get him in a time attack car. <laughs> I'm not going to say what time attack car, but a time attack car. But that That's a whole nother story that we could all ramble on about for quite some time. Another story for another time. Yep. Well, maybe. Just maybe, if we're lucky, we will be able to do another podcast episode with uh, Scott and Seth, actually. Scott and Seth. So. The real Scott and Seth? Yeah. I don't know if the audience really likes the discounted uh, discounted cereal of Scott and Seth. <laughs> it's like that meme, you know. Mom, we want, Mom we want the track walking podcast. We have the track walking podcast at home. <laughs> and this is what you get. Like I said, it's all because Brian didn't know what that bike was. That's, that's, that's what spilled it for everybody. Oh, I'm sorry, I ruined it for everyone. <laughs> Our disguise is gone. Dang it. Should we end it here? I, I guess as, as, as Adam Jabay in reference to another podcast, that, I'd say that's a podcast. That'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, my name's Chris. I'm Seth. Oh, wait. <laughs> wait, I'm Scott. I'm Seth. <laughs> I'm Justin. And I'm Emmett. And we are Track Walking. Just want to quickly give a quick shout out to Scott and Becky and Seth. We really appreciate everything you guys do. And yes. uh, if you guys get a chance, follow them on Instagram, Track Walking Chats on Facebook. Or uh, if they ever get an Instagram, the Insta. Um, that or most importantly, if you ever see a Grid Life event come by or in town, Feel free to contact Robinson Racing at uh, Instagram, Robinson Racing, and uh, maybe we can link up, meet, and uh, chat. We have the track walking chats. But uh, besides that, hope you guys are doing good. Get well soon, and uh, we love you.